welcome to Clear Horror High. Hosted by Chris Vecchio and Nikki Jack. Welcome back to Queer Horror High, where we're queer, we love horror, and we're really fucking high. I'm Chris, and I'm 5'5 with brown eyes, smile like the sunrise. Because everything he wants, he got it, okay? And I'm Nikki. I'm here to bring the horror. I'm here to put the horror in horror. I couldn't even do my tagline because yours was so goddamn iconic. I love this fucking show. Are you serious? City High? You had a City yes. High reference. Not even five minutes in, and we are already fucking the best thing smoking. I love our show. Okay, well, here comes another one, because um, <laughs> <laughs> we, ha- we are now in six countries. What? Including, mm-hmm, yeah, we were in, obviously, the U.S. and Germany, which we've said before. Uh-huh. But now we're also in India, Canada, the U.K., and Belgium. Ah! And... Ju- and and also Connecticut. Hey, Connecticut. Um, <laughs> That's so. a country somewhere <laughs> just, too. Yeah. Yeah. I know this is this is gonna come off a little rude and dated, uh, maybe. But um, every time we add like a new location, I just hear area codes by ludicrous <laughs> in my head, <laughs> and I'm just like, I got hoes in different area code area area, area <laughs> codes. We do hose. got hoes in different area codes. I love that. <laughs> That is like the bomb for real. Shout out to us, dude. We are we are fucking up and coming. We're stars, mm-hmm. baby. We are stars. I love that. I know. I'm shocked that. Um, and we also got our first listener over sixty. Oh, oh. So that might be my. So fault. I mean, no, that's good. I'm like I'm glad to ex- be expanding the age range because I think we also got our first listener under twenty seven. Okay. I'm like, okay, huh. we were, yeah. Huh. We were not hitting Gen Z. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I forgot everybody's dad listening, but I don't know whose son is listening. So yeah. shout out to us. None. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. What a great, oh, what a great way to start this show. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, shit. What else? What's the high tea? Is that the next part of the show? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Or do we tell them we, what we, already... we watch? I don't know. I'm really high. Like, <laughs> Um, well, we are watching our second film directed by a woman, so that's cool. Oh, cool. Uh, it's 2015's The Invitation, directed by Karen Kusama. Um, she is probably most known for directing Girl Fight with Michelle Rodriguez back in the day. Oh, yeah. And, and, and she also directed Jennifer's Body. So oh, you nice. Go, Karen. You mm-hmm. go, Karen. You go. Sorry, I just took a hit in the middle of talking. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, well, high tea. So what's, what's new? <laughs> what you smoking on? <laughs> um, I'm smoking on some lemon something OG or other. Um, mm-hmm. It's really good. It's whatever. And then also we have a studio audience member. His name is Jeff. And he got me really. Hey, fu- Jeff. Yeah, he got me really <laughs> fucking high on some dabs and some pen. He got it. I mean, we are on a little bit of everything today. Um, it's great. I am very high. Uh, what about you, friend? What you smoking on? I'm smoking on some blueberry muffin, which obviously that's not surprising. I love blueberry shit. It's an indica dominant hybrid. 
And you know, it's just uh, I don't think it's very high in THC, but it feel it's it's very relaxing. Uh, apparently, it's a combination of blueberry and purple panty dropper. So I get I don't know. It's not making me want to drop my panties, but you know, mine are always <laughs> mine are always dropped. <laughs> oh yeah. So how's your week been? Have you been doing anything cool? No. fucking same thanksgiving was like chill i went to joe's house we got really we had a a wang dang doodle of a good time Mm -hmm. um but other than that i don't really be doing i don't have family in vegas like that like that so i don't really if i'm not hanging out with like a friend and i'm just laying super Mm -hmm. low and like i don't i don't do thanksgiving like that i mean it's a racist ass holiday white people are still hanging on to it i mean we have to get political this time but (laughs) <laughs> I, I can do what I, I mean, want to do. Given, given that we're talking about the invitation, politics are definitely going to come up a little bit. A lot uh, of it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fuck Thanksgiving. I still always hate the title. Like, I know English was probably a little different back then, but Thanksgiving... And just even regardless of how wrong it sounds in context of what actually happened on that day, um, it's still just like Thanksgiving. What kind of order of words is that? Thanks taking. Thanks. Yeah, just say it out loud. It sounds stupid. Because y'all Thanksgiving. took Thanksgiving. Y'all took a lot of shit and didn't give really much, except for it was um, pneumonia and polio and shit. Smallpox. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the one. Smallpox and homicide. <laughs> yeah, that's what they gave genocide bills like <laughs> a lot of fucking debt, like mm. bullshit. Anyways, um, the invitation. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't do shit either. I don't have nothing to talk about for my week. Uh, let's talk about this movie that we just, I want to get straight to roasting. Yeah, my God. There are so many roastable characters in this. I know, like, (coughs) I was telling you earlier, I was trying to go down the line of, like, like, worst to best person, Mm -hmm. and, like, I hate all of them the same. Like, I couldn't just narrow it down to, like, who is the god awful of, because there's, like, a top three of, like, the, the worst of the worst people in this movie. Yeah. So to give a little plot summary, uh, the invitation is about a man accepts an invitation to a dinner party hosted by his ex-wife, an unsettling affair that reopens old wounds and creates new tensions. Uh, That is an understatement. (laughs) This movie starts out with Will and Kira driving through the Hollywood Hills to his ex-wife Eden's house after getting this really like elaborate invitation Right away, they're kind of there's. You could tell that there's tension in the car, and Will is not happy to be going there, and he's you know not paying attention to the road, and he immediately hits a coyote, and I'm like, oh. time out. I have a story really quick. Um, okay, sorry to cut you off, but no, no, fine. The Will looks like this nigga I used to date. I won't say his name, but if, okay, if you know, you know. And because he used to have long hair and shit like this when we dated, he didn't have long hair, but mm-hmm. he's he's got that look now. Anyways, um, one time this scene like came up in real life, and it's like okay. <laughs> it was really weird. But I also wanted to say like um, it's just funny because like he is that like off the grid look, like he's all like. He's in like a nice suit, but he also has like long hair and a and a big old beard, and he looks like the type of white man who's gonna sit 
in the back of the party, not say a word, but just like <laughs> stare at everyone and judge them. And judge them. Yeah, yeah, and you know, yeah. like <laughs> white men like that, like love going off their grid, and it's either to like I don't know, live off land that's not theirs, or to like go on a killing <laughs> spree. Like <laughs> they're gonna. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does have a slightly serial killer vibe. Yeah, he definitely wants to shoot something up or just like you know take over land that's not his. Anyways, don't look in his shed. Yeah. Uh, well, also. <laughs> He's play, he's played by Logan Marshall Green, mm-hmm. and just the name alone, I'm like, I know he wasn't, but I'm like, was he on Home Improvement or Saved by the Bell? Like, his <laughs> name just sounds like he was on one of those shows. Three named niggas from the 90s, yes. Exactly, yeah. And the wife is played by Emeyatsi Coronaldi, who is gorgeous, and Beautiful. I'm like, she is going to this party with all these, like, mediocre-looking people. No she's the hottest one in the room, and I hate when that happens. Like, I hate being the hottest mm-hmm. one in the room because it's like, oh, God, now I'm the star of the show? Like, that's a lot of <laughs> yeah. pressure. Um, But, yeah, so go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. I just had to inter- in, like, interject. No, it was a good tangent. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like this part... It doesn't confuse me. I'm just like, I'm I'm wondering what the intention is for us to feel here. Because, you know, they hit the coyote. The coyote is clearly dying. And Will puts it out of its misery, which, you know, in general seems like a kind thing to do. But he does it by beating it in the head with a tire iron, which seems so, it feels like it's saying something to me. It seems like, like he seems really frustrated. And I feel like he's getting out his frustration maybe on this coyote before he gets to this house where... He's about to see his ex-wife and some shit might go down. Like, yeah, like because he's like built, like he's like built up a lot of tension. It's like already tense in the car and shit. It's very like mm-hmm. he's got a lot of like aggression already. So it yeah. is, it is like what is the saying? Also, uh, my ex, um, I almost slipped up and said his name. Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> Anyways, that nigga, he <laughs> he mercy killed a bunny once. Um, my friend's cat. With a tire iron? No, my friend's cat, um, was bringing home presents as they do. You know, cats oh. get in that phase mm-hmm. and they start bringing gifts yeah. home. And one was like a half dead bunny. And it was like mm-hmm. a baby bunny and oh. bleeped out, you know, uh, <laughs> went and took like a fucking, like a, not a boulder, a but yeah, but like a, okay. a nice size rock. And just, like, did the thing to the thing. And I remember being, like, but also, like, turned on a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird to say that. <laughs> Maybe we should edit that out. I don't care. But it was kind of hot. I mean, it's, it like, it's primal. Like, yeah. there is, you know, I could see that in, in a certain way. I was like, like, like ooh, do me next. <laughs> on a grand level, it is compassionate. Yeah. It's just the way that he did it. And in this context, I was like, he almost maybe enjoyed it a little. I know. Little. I love a man who could put me out of my misery. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah, that was weird. And, like, what was that for? Like, but you're right. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that was just, like, telling of the weird tension he's going to have later. Yeah, well, I think that he was, pr- it was probably, like, a little nod to this guy faces his problems. And that will will give us more context when we talk about the people we'll meet later. <laughs> yeah, we're... Um, yeah, I liked how also in the in this opening, you know, drive in the opening credits, how the Hollywood Hills are portrayed as kind of creepy and like a creepy cold place. Yeah, there's like slow mo and ominous music and like a little bit of a bluish filter. I was gonna but say it's, it's way like less dark than the ring. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like usually the Hollywood Hills are portrayed as like lavish, maybe a little mysterious, but usually not portrayed like negatively. And usually shot in the daytime. Yeah, so it was nice seeing it. It's like the sun was setting. 
it's and it just seemed unsettling mm -hmm. and i like that like said it's good sense of foreboding that they that they established right off the bat mm -hmm. um we immediately find out once they get there that will's ex-wife's name is eden because the invitation in the car when she opened it it says like david and eden but okay yeah that name you just no, like no, if sorry if we have a listener named eden i apologize but that name has a certain connotation. Yeah, not to and name not shame, like, but you sound like a bitch. Yeah, it's not gar <laughs> Yeah, it's not like Garden of Eden necessarily to be like when or I Eden's the name crush. Eden, I'm like, yeah. You this girl has an acai bowl every morning. Mm -hmm. She looks at the waves and men people surfing in them, even though she don't surf. Mm -hmm. She like talks about her heart chakra way too fucking much. And she has probably like dark hair and like she's really like pale and bony and like. Just looks like, I don't know, anemic possibly. Like she goes to Coachella, but she's in like the VIP tent where there's no bugs and shit. Mm -hmm. like, a lot of bangles and like rings and bracelets. Oh, that, like she walks and it's just like clicking, Charms. clacking. From yeah, all the she's bags. like a janitor. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> With the fucking keys. Yes, she probably has 19 charms on her neck. And uh -huh. each one has a more convoluted fucking story as to why it's there. Mm -hmm. So Eden. Um, <laughs> the bitch we hate. <laughs> Uh, as Will enters the house, he has like a, a flashback of a kid, and you're you automatically assume like, okay, Will and Eden were married. They probably had a kid. Maybe this kid's dead. Some trauma is being revisited as he gets here. I also noticed how diverse the group of friends was. I like that. Oh, I know. I was like, they got they got a little bit of everybody up in here. I don't know if I mm -hmm. like that though. Later. I know, because right in a horror movie, when you see a diverse cast, you're like, oh shit. Who's going to die? <laughs> yeah. So we have the gay couple. I think one of them is Latino. One's white. We have uh, Gina, the, the Asian woman. There's, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, and then a bunch of fucking white people. But, you know, they tried. Thank you, Karen Kusama. We appreciate it. <laughs> uh, one look at, yeah. Then we finally, yeah. Oh, wait. They call, uh, I forgot, the gay friend Tommy, or I think calls will's beard a dirty dish egg oh yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm like that's mean but also valid it is a dirty dish yeah, it's valid so, in this point because he does looks very like charlie manson-esque like baby charlie manson-esque yeah it's like sassy gay comment number one but it, came, it was organic i, I felt like it, i would have said that yeah, yeah. maybe yeah <laughs> then um we see eden and again like all of my all of the things that I thought would be true about her based on the name are more true seeming based on the look. 1000%. And that like, that like Jersey maxi dress that she's wearing with the cutout or is it a cutout or is it just like a scoop or like a, no, it's a deep, neckline? it's a deep V a deep V it's like yeah. cream color. She was trying to give this like angelic free people. And it's very much like deceitful evil bitch to me. You know that she has like 14,000 crystals and is drenched in essential oils just mm -hmm. by looking at her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, we eventually like meet David and and he's like super excited too. And like... He's too friendly, suspiciously friendly. And like super touchy. Yeah, Eden like caresses Will's beard and David goes in for a hug. I'm like, you're the ex-wife and the new man, like... You guys are a little too friendly. And he, he keeps saying know. how, like, special this night is and, and like, everything's mm -hmm. so special and shit. And I'm like, I don't like this nigga either. Well, yeah, even in the car, Will says to Kira that Eden and David met while Will was still married to her. 
So he's a wife stealer, and like it's fine, like whatever, you know. Uh, they're they're we know that their kid died. Like uh, trauma makes people do unkind things sometimes that they need to do, but the hug seems fake, and Will seems disturbed by the friendliness too. Yeah, gross. Well, and then like we get it once we're like in like once they enter and they're like heading into the den where everyone's hanging out. This fucking new age music. I was just like, I was just getting glimpses of that. Sail away. Sail away, <laughs> Ew. Sail away. I'm like, where's Et- where's Enya at? Like this music is just some bullshit, like early '90s new age crap. And I was like, oh, this is cool. like you when, know that, like when this monk chanting, yeah, when monk chanting was cool <laughs> yeah. in the '90s, and you're like, uh, I don't know if this is a genre that's like meant to be on top 40s, but whatever. <laughs> it's just like white people chanting on rocks by waterfalls i'm like stop stop it enough fucking patchouli enough uh, shitty incense it stinks yeah. <laughs> it, it stinks in here um so like oh wait i'll go for it <laughs> no we might have been able to be about to say the same thing but it uh, it's just will turns around i was gonna say that pants was like, bitch <laughs> this like really stinks yeah this methed out looking woman with her pussy just hanging out yeah pants this bitch in the hallway (laughs) that's what my notes her name is sadie Mm -hmm. sadie you Uh know that she is just like getting banged behind like a hay bale at a carnival yeah and she just like puts on a a dress or whatever the fuck it's so ugly and hideous and then she's like (laughs) comes out with all this energy like ready to mingle and shit and then she just is like um, I met them in Mexico and we have fun. It was like, she was, yeah. and she's talking about David and Eden, but yeah, we're like, like she's oh. the third. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, so you became a unicorn in Mexico. That's what's up. Fucking exactly. weird, weird little horny bitch. She went to like, what do they call it? Not EDC. What's the fucking electric? No, electric Daisy Carnival is EDC. Burning electric Man? Poncho. Oh yeah. No, she, she, the one that's like right across in the Mexican border. People <laughs> yeah. just go, like, you know, live off Mexican land for a week and then yeah. leave, like dirt everywhere, like trash and go home. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. So we get to know Sadie and then it's just like mad awkward. So Kira decides to tell them about Will killing that coyote. And yeah, everyone's I'm like, like, thanks. Uh, so we go from worse to worser like that one uh fucking clip was like it went from worse to worser uh because it just got weirder and weirder like and more awkward like these are not good like mm-hmm. dinner table conversations but they're all like oh my god no, will's like immediately traumatized yeah he seems to be like kind of really taken aback and yet like why'd you tell that like why'd you tell them this bitch what the fuck <laughs> yeah he hasn't seen these people in like two years all they know about him is like kind of what's not being said you know which is right the Mm -hmm. dead son situation so it's just like weird and then will just is like yeah he he goes into the kitchen to get himself a glass of water and has like a flashback of himself having to stop eden from cutting her wrists over the sink obviously over the death of their kid and then eden comes in and scares him and she is totally like flirting with him she like opens a cabinet next to his head to reach for a glass and brushes up against him and is getting a little too cozy it's creepy she seems a little i don't want to say predatory but kind of predatory like there's there's an ulterior motive here and we could and we felt it the whole time already but like now her she's brushing her titty on him and She's doing too much, but you know, like 
I, this is giving very much free love. Like, I'm, right, I'm telling yeah. those like weird hippy dippy white people that I just love touching on each other and like spreading and, and the toxic positivity. Yeah, like, everything is my everything is mine. Everything is yours. We and can I'm do like, whatever we want. I'm not yours. Back the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's mad tense, and then I don't know where that that dude Ben comes in and. <clears throat> He like breaks up the tension and it doesn't really work because she's talking her hippy dippy, like getting out the negative emotions and just pretty much like denying that like negative emotions exist. Mm -hmm. And she says pain is optional. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, it isn't. And Ben and Ben and Will are both like, bitch, what the fuck? No, it should be hurting. (laughs) Like what? And yeah, Ben is like, no. That's not right. And she gets mad and sla- like smacks him for mocking her. Really hard. Yeah, like ridiculously hard. And he's like, but you can tell Ben is kind of into it because, you know, he looks like a nigga that likes <laughs> yeah. to be slapped and choked around a little bit. I feel you, Ben. Eden's also out of his league physically. No offense, Ben. So I think like when a man like that gets slapped by someone who's like to them like a 10 out of all 10s, it's like, oh, she touched me. Yeah. Even though it was negative. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm like, oh, this is relatable content. <laughs> Um, so again, there's just like, you can tell something tragic happened, but it, there, it's still just not blatantly flat out, like told, but you're still piecing shit together. All that we know is that Eden disappeared for two years and was like in Mexico for a lot of that time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, another guest arrives and it's, there's still somebody missing that they're expecting and it's their their friend Choi and oh yeah, he still hasn't shown up. And so another guest arrives and they're thinking it's him, but no, it's this big, scary nigga named Pruitt who is terrifying. And he's, he'd be in a lot of stuff too that, again, I don't really know his name, but he'd be in stuff and he'd be scary and stuff. He played the guy who winds up being, I think, the final suspect at the end of Zodiac. Yes. Creepy nigga. That's who, that, yeah. Creepy mm-hmm. nigga, for real, Yeah, for real. He, he shows up, his name is Pruitt, and he shows up in that ugly ass Tommy Bahama bowling <laughs> shirt. And I wrote down, he looks like he sells transistor radios out of a van in Costa Rica. <laughs> because that's exactly what he looks like. He looks like the type of white guy. He looks Sleazy like mechanic, he, nigga. He looks like he would do in Latin America what Steven Ga- Seagal did in Japan. Like, just go there and all of a sudden, like, just be Japanese even though he's white as fuck. You know, like, he oh, yeah. did that. And maybe, like, did he, like, didn't Steven Seagal kill somebody there, too? Uh, Steven Seagal, I think Steven Seagal, you know what, we're not, look it up. Yeah. If you you know, what what do you Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. If you follow blind items, look into Steven Seagal (laughs) and murder. I didn't say it. Someone else did. Allegedly. If we go missing. (laughs) You know who did it. Yeah. You know who did it. (laughs) Uh, so anyways (laughs) um so Pruitt's creepy ass is just like uh being weird and giant and scary and they're they're, somebody's trying to make a call I think to see what's up with Choi Mm because he's supposed to be there and then they realize oh there's shoddy cell service in the hills how Mm -hmm. convenient and something transpires oh when Will went to let David locks the the doors yeah and Will notices and he's like "Mm." Like, why are you locking doors, nigga? 
He's like, why are you locking the doors? And people are like, and David, he tries to come up with an excuse about like, there was a home invasion and they're just trying to be safe. But Will is like, well, what if there's a fire? Yeah. (laughs) You lock this door with no key in it. So David puts the key in the door Mm -hmm. and kind of like, you could tell there's a little bit of like, this was Will's house. Now David lives in it. There's that like macho shit is coming out here. They're like trying to both be gentlemen, whatever that fucking means. Mm -hmm. But there's they are shading each other a little bit here like they're like we could take this outside if you really want to type on the low and i feel that like will is clearly holding back yeah like i'll choke this nigga at any moment (laughs) Mm -hmm. because he was he was just having a conversation with claire that was like really sweet and you could tell that they have like a good friendship and then david fucks it up by being like Trying to lock everybody inside. Yeah. Will's mood was ruined. <laughs> yeah, but then, like, Kira and Eden are having a little chit-chat. The girls are starting to kiki, and she was like, what mm-hmm. is up with Will's behavior? And she's like, girl, I don't know. He's been like a little funny mm-hmm. style. Which I don't, I always think is so annoying, going to the ex-girlfriend and the next girlfriend and trying to mm-hmm. put the pieces together and figure out which version of this nigga you have. Like, yeah. I feel for Kira. We don't get a lot from her perspective in this movie until the end, but mm-hmm. she has to deal with so much shit. One, she's a black woman dating a white man who clearly had a lot of money. Like, they're going to his ex-wife's house. There's a lot of weird tension. They're in the bougie-ass Hollywood Hills. Like, I'm sure that there's a lot going on in her mind, even if there wasn't this weird vibe. She's dating place. a grieving white man who lost a child. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a lot to yeah. unpack to begin with. Like, ooh, girl, my sister. And she seems very well adjusted and stuff. So like, yeah, I feel chilling. like she's she's the glue. You could tell that she holds him together. Uh, Eden also had Eden also had Will go to get firewood when they had this conversation, which is brought like it happened. It happened in the witch. It happens in it happens in other shit. I feel like I feel like we may have talked about this in another about in another movie. Was it in you know what you did last summer or the house of the I fucking forget. But chopping wood, I think it may have been night warning, um, I feel like happens in a lot of movies and it's a way for like men to release aggression. Yeah. It's like, I'm a man. I need to slam some shit because I can't drive this axe into a person. So I feel like Eden knows how to play into Will's toxic masculinity a little bit. Yeah. So and then and while he's outside doing whatever, um, because at this point. Eden and Kira have dispersed after a conversation. Will looks mm-hmm. across and he can see into Eden's like bedroom, fucking floor to ceiling window that mm-hmm. uh, she's messing with a drawer and she's getting something out of it. And he's like, what? Mm-hmm. And um, his little overstepping ass, he eventually like when she leaves the room, he follows up and goes right in behind her. And he sees it as a bottle mm-hmm. of pills. And then, like, right at the last second, um, while he's snooping, David comes in. And he's like, why don't you come on back to the party, buddy? Because I don't think he saw necessarily. Or he might have even. I don't know. It was just one of those, cl- such a close second. Yeah. It, cr- it creates more tension because we're like, wh- how much did he see? see? Yeah. How long is he standing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, again, we yeah. get more flashbacks to Eden and Will with his son. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's interrupted by Gina screaming out loud, like, you guys are in a cult. <laughs> so David goes out there and she's talking to, of course, Sadie about the invitation, which is this group that they all join. That's why they went to Mexico. And it is led by this fucking creepy white guy named Dr. Joseph or whatever. And David decides to put on a video 
to show the group and like most of them are excited claire's the only one that looks like what the scared fuck? yeah and they they're like they're joking about like that they're that these crackers are gonna try to convert them all and they put on the video and it really is just a bunch of like white nonsense Enya crap in the in the beginning of the video it is as soon as it was <laughs> another nigga who be in stuff looking weird um uh, that like that bald little white man from like he always looks like he could play mr burns but he still hasn't so it's like yeah i think he looks like um god what the fuck was that guy that's on like american horror story a lot He's not him, but he looks like oh. that guy. He was on Drag Race as a judge. Yes. Dennis. Yes. Dave, fuck. Why yes. You? I know what you're talking about. But yeah, like he's just a mm-hmm. weird little creepy white man telling people like yeah. how to feel with their emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When that movie's on, I was thinking of that fucking song, Return to Innocence. The one where it's like, I, 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 I. That's what, like, like a, this this whole movie, like this whole cult, is like a pure moods uh, VHS. Yeah, it is pure views. <laughs> you better call it pure moods. Oh, mood. Oh my god, those those fucking nine ninety nine. Actually, it's kind of like nineteen ninety nine. But you get like four. Yeah, like, you get like four CDs in the pack. Yeah. <laughs> so in this video, a fucking woman dies. Basically, she's like on her deathbed, and it just shows her like going <laughs> and yeah i called it a, a i called it a cult tape recruitment video oh uh, for sure is and i feel like they even knew it going into it all the people that were about to watch it but i don't think that they were expecting somebody to, to die. see an actual death Pruitt tries to just say it's about communion and not being afraid of death but everything is really awkward <laughs> after the video and the thing is, like, I mean, I may, I wasn't looking super closely, but all four of these cult members at the house and the doctor, the woman that died, and I'm pretty sure all the people sitting around her bed in the video were all white. These people are in Mexico and talking about all this spirituality that sounds tied to, like, some culture. It seems like it could be some, you know, like, 90s world music-inspired bullshit. Again, just, like, taking all the cult, like more spiritual things that they think are about other, like from other cultures and just right. like, distilling it into some white garbage. Mm-hmm. And they're like, of course that's what they're doing. Just talking about being fearless and just all the same shit. Death cults talk about like have no pain. Mm-hmm. And, and like, this is very, um, yeah. heaven, heaven's gates, Jonestown. That's a little bit of right. a, a Nixium. Cause I feel like they're all touchy. Oh, and shit. right. Mm-hmm. You know, they just mix them all up in a pot and had a wang-dang doodle and said, this is a new one. Exactly. But I feel like there was mixed reviews amongst the group after watching it. But Chloe, was her name Chloe? Claire. Claire? Claire. She was the most disturbed by far. She was. She She's the only one that looked genuinely disturbed even before the video. She got mm-hmm. a bad vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, Gina, Gina is now trying to have a moment with Will after this weird video but he's just focusing on David, who answered the door. There was a knock at the door. And, like, I don't want to give too much of a spoiler, but I'm feeling like this was David directing more of these cultists to go to other places. And that will make sense in a little bit. I don't oh. know. But he's, he seemed really friendly to whoever was at the door. So I feel like we'll get to that. Okay. Um, then it goes back to Sadie. And I just wrote down, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, Sadie is gross. 
She looks she like is. she doesn't shower. I was going to say, she looks like she's her stinks. fleas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, her fleas are her friends. Like, you know she doesn't <laughs> wear shoes anywhere. Yeah, she is not bestie. She is besties with everything but hygiene. So Exactly. Like, it just her hair is so fucking greasy, you could fry a fucking pizza on it. Disgusting. Like, it's just nasty. Disgusting. But uh, they started a game called I Want. Because I guess it's like mad tense and it just me after we see somebody die on tape. I mean, I guess we need an icebreaker too. So mm-hmm. well, before that, Will found out by asking Miguel, who's a doctor, about Eden's pills, and we find out that it's phenobarbital, some old school barbiturate. Oh, I thought that happened later. You're right. Okay. No, it's actually it's right before this because Tommy then says when they're talking about it right before the game. That, yeah, they're a little weird, but this is L.A. They're harmless nah. in reference to, like, the, the pills and the cult. So it's like, okay, are, what is the comment about L.A. here? Is it so harmless? No. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So that and then is this where they start that game I want? It is. I wrote they play pox. Talk, oh, my God. The Indigo Mush Mouth is back. They play toxic positivity, the game, because <laughs> they basically just say what they want without bounds and clearly, like. I don't know. In theory, I understand games like this, but it just seems like another woo-woo white people alert. It's like, get out, get out. These people are crazy. Like, they're just... Yeah, because the dirty bitch, the dirty hippie bitch starts with, like, I love you to the entire room. And then she she is, like, all, like, oh, God, I hate that. Like, that, I love you so much. Everybody in this room is so wonderful. I hated it. Right, she was, like... I, yeah, I was like, go back to Burning Man and say in your $40,000 RV and crochet a representation of your heart chakra out of your pussy. <laughs> That's what she's giving me. I know that was a mouthful, but like. Accurate as fuck. That, yeah. That's exactly what I get from her. Yeah, she was dirty as fuck. But then she's like, I want to kiss Gina. And then she like kisses Gina. And Gina's down. Gina, Gina is DTF for all of the um, shenanigans. She's rage. Gina wants to party. Yeah, Gina <laughs> wants to rage. And she's like, if I have to join a cult to get my pussy licked and yeah. a little cocaine or whatever the fuck, I'll do so. And that leads us to Gina, who's next, who says, I want yeah. coke. And then she's like, you know those people who are like, I want to just like go all out. Just kidding. I mean, unless. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to get that. I just want a few bums. I yeah, just, want a, few just bums. a little bit. And then, but then she's like dipping her key yeah, in the bag. All yeah, <laughs> she's, her nose is fully in the bag. Yeah, like Gina, Gina. Come back. Right here. Yeah, look, come back to right us. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we haven't even eaten yet. No, she's just chilling at the dinner table, fucking drinking. Um, Rubbing her gums. So as Gina is uh, skiing, um, Pruitt decides <laughs> to fucking tell a, a story, and we have campfire tales with Pruitt, the creepy, Oof. tall, scary nigga who's like, like, is terrifying to me. Um, Looks like the leader of an Amish church, right? So he starts talking about his wife and how she like used to be like a painter. She was an artist. She was so beautiful and sweet, and um, it was just like this amazing woman. But she unfortunately passed away. And they were like, oh, no, what, like, what happened? And he was like, and then he starts talking. He was like, we had an argument. And they're like, oh, fuck, here we go. Mm-hmm. We yeah. had an argument. And it was something stupid over the dishes. And, you know, it, we had just had, like, tension building up between us. And it's just one of those nights where it just went too, a little too far. I had been drinking. And 
She said something, mm-hmm. and he just leads to saying that he beat his wife to death, essentially. Yeah, that he, like, hit her so hard that she fell to the ground and hit her head. Yeah, and um, he did seven years in prison, and after that, he found the invitation, and it helped him, like, with his pain, and it helped him, like, just cope and get cured, essentially, is what he said. He said he was cured. Well, he's, yeah. He said to let go of his grief and guilt. And I'm like, oh, how convenient for you right. to let go of your grief and guilt after you hit somebody in a rage and killed them. Like, I'm sorry, that is privilege. Yeah, oh, like, I mean, in a way, like, you can say that it's an accident. It wouldn't be first-degree murder. And I feel like many people could have done something like this and genuinely feel remorse and want to change. But given the context and with the cult, you're like, this motherfucker didn't learn anything. He was just brainwashed into... He's ex- he's not forgiving himself. He's excusing himself. Mm-hmm. He did not. Sorry. He said that he was unchanged in prison. So you didn't repent. You didn't learn shit. And I mean, the prison system is fucked up. Fuck the <laughs> the prison industrial complex. But like this motherfucker does not deserve to just let his grief and guilt go and be free right away. I'm sorry. Yeah. I no. Don't feel for you, Pruitt. Yeah. And so that whole speech went back again to your like thing about uh toxic positivity and just like whitewashing Mm -hmm. certain ideals and stuff because like yeah how convenient for you to like be Mm -hmm. responsible for your wife's death and then you know yes you did your time but you like i don't know it was messed up and yeah and this whole like you get to feel your grief and that and that's like what the whole theme of this cult is is just not taking responsibility for certain um emotions and things and whatnot because it's like you can you can release forgive and forget and stuff but you also have to like own your parts in some of those things and you might have to reconfront it over and over again throughout your whole life that doesn't make you weak that you didn't get over it in two years like you need to constantly redeal with it yeah like with eden losing her son like yes you lost your son that's like a terribly tragic thing but also like there's a way to cope with that and there and you you have to feel those feelings so that they don't come up in other things in other ways and like they won't constantly literally haunt you you know like you have to confront mm-hmm. certain emotions and there's it shouldn't be like some time restraint or some like expectation as to when you get over it you get over it in your in your own time and your own pace but you also have to acknowledge that those feelings exist because they're that's like and that you might never fully be over them you yeah just have to constantly deal with it and that's fine yeah that's, that's okay. just being a regular fucking human being so yeah um he tells mm-hmm. the story everybody's immediately scared <laughs> like what yeah. the fuck um the good vibes only vibe of this cult kind of just took a dark gone. turn <laughs> if god don't trust anybody that says good vibes only yeah don't trust those people yeah because i mean they don't they don't deal with their shit they are psychos so it's Eden's turn, and she uh, take kicks it up a notch <laughs> by one. She says that she wants to kiss Ben. So Ben like leans in, and they get, and he like gives her kind of a peck, and she's like, "Nah." <laughs> they, I, like, I was wondering if this was like, him. yeah, to make up for the smack she gave him earlier. Maybe this is like some little like weird underlying like foreplay. I'm telling you, this bitch Maybe, is like low key yeah. kinky, and also like, yeah, she's like kinky boots with him. I don't know, but um, they have like a makeout session. Yeah, and you could tell that, like, uh, Ben tries to act like it wasn't his idea. I mean, it, it wasn't, but you know he liked it. I mean, I don't blame any 
person for not you know for liking that but he you know he tries to act like he wouldn't want to like betray his wife and you're like you don't care you said that you're and your you and your wife hate each other and you like the angry sex earlier so we know the this, vibes yeah um mm-hmm. and at this point claire is just ready to bail because she's like get me the fuck out of here like this nigga killed his wife they kissing this bitch is doing coke i don't i want to go home yeah and all the and all the cult david and eden and pruitt are all like especially david at first are really trying to stop her from going and i really i wrote interesting how these people who say they're so free and free from like negative emotions are so controlling with other people like let her go yeah claire wants to leave let her leave like it's just i feel like this is a real critique on all these like religious cults and all these like these groups who who are cults but say that they're not and they just say it's about positivity and and leaving the material world behind, whatever the, whatever woo-woo crap they spout. It's just, they're really digging in on these people, and I'm loving it. Um, and so Will is, like, being like, yeah, let her leave, let her leave. And then David says some random shit, like, we chose you. And they're like, mm-hmm. mm, what you mean? He's like, I mean, like, you know, this is a really special night, and he's, like, trying to clean it up, and it sounds real sketchy. Because what yeah. the fuck you mean no by that? No one's convinced. Yeah. And um, then Will still having his weird hallucinations and shit. And he's like, he's in and out of touch with reality himself. So he keeps like, just like uh, visions of his son and shit still. And like, you know, what these mm-hmm. ones used to be. But then the- Pruitt accompanies Claire outside. And he has to pull out his car so she can leave. And then as she's about to leave, we're like, oh, my God, yes, she's getting away. And then you just see him tap on her window, and then it cuts away. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, Claire. Yeah, that's when Will and David are having their little one-on-one discussion about just, like, chilling mm-hmm. out and Will not being so paranoid. But David is, like, he is trying to control every one of his guests' emotions, and it's so annoying and weird. But, yeah, so then Will just, like, goes outside for some fresh air or whatever the fuck. And that little hippie bitch, uh, the dirty hippie bitch, like, follows him. And But she was, like, making sounds and... Yeah, she, well, because he, he, he was in the mirror. Uh, he, like, walked by the bathroom earlier. And she was, like, in the mirror just oh, yeah. making weird faces and shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what happened. Before he went outside, he saw her in the mirror making weird faces. And then she, like, saw him see, like... They like made eye contact and so she followed him outside. And mm-hmm. then and then she was like trying to seduce him and shit. Oh god, get your dirty pussy away from me. Like, that's all I could think of like for him. Yeah, because the flashback that he had right before she walked outside was oh, of, of specifically his son's fifth birthday party. And you get the idea that during a game of baseball, like Oh yeah. I don't know I don't know if like the other kid hit the ball too hard or the bat flew out of his hand, because they mentioned the bat at some point, but his kid died with a baseball bat or in yeah. a game of baseball. Yeah. And then Sadie's out there trying to like grind her dirt covered cooch on him. <laughs> and he's like, get, get away from me. She is like a little, a little female pig pen. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> I called her dirt a desperate angel. dirt nymph. Yeah. I, call, <laughs> oh, I said dirt nymph. Yeah, yeah. Dirt angel. I love it. Uh, <laughs> she fucking, um, is trying to just push up on him and tell him, tell him she wants, he wants her pussy and all this other mm-hmm. shit and like just being a, a general like horny bitch, but not like the horny bitch you want. Like the horny bitch that's just like there. 
And uh, no, de- she comes off as really desperate. Like she's so eager to please that you feel like she would suck your dick off and eat it, and then like <laughs> think that it was hot. <laughs> like just way too like much. a dick goblin monster, but like not in the way that you would yes. want. Like, like, ugh, get away from me. Then she says, yeah. she says that after he rejects her sexually, she's like, you could hurt me, though, if you want to. She's like, OK, I might be down. Well, he says he doesn't want to hurt her. And I'm like, I, I kind of want to drown her in that pool. Yeah, I'm down <laughs> like, to drown. I'm down to bash over the head like anything to get this bitch out of here because she's mad weird. She is. But. Will goes inside and tries to talk to Tommy about like weird shit going on and that he doesn't feel safe there. Mm-hmm. And Tommy doesn't believe him. And the whole vibe throughout is like even Kira, like they seem to think that he's, they seem to be understanding, but probably think he's just in his feelings and is being sensitive and overreacting. Like it's a little frustrating to watch people not believe him, but it's nice to see this character be a man in a movie. Yeah. This is usually always a woman that like nobody believes and is being gaslit, mm-hmm. like inadvertent, inadvertently gaslit. Like I don't think the, the, his friends are clearly the friends, not the cult people mm-hmm. are not trying to do this to him, but they're in, like inadvertently gaslighting him. Yeah. Um, I like totally. their friendship, though. Like, the friendship between Tommy and... Between a gay man and a straight man is Yeah. Cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They seem close. And, like, they have, there's, like, a good history there and stuff. And they're really supportive. Mm-hmm. But Will checks... He's outside, and he, he checks his phone, and he has a message from Troy saying that he's there. This is, like, prior to them all arriving. And Troy says he's there, but he forgot something or or he was no he just said that he was at the house and he got there early no one's there blah 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 but essentially the message is like oh Choi is here and mm-hmm. what the fuck you guys said he wasn't so where the fuck is he he's gone now so then yeah more tension yeah it's just like tense as fuck at this point because you could tell will is pissed and he's ready to be like, I need some answers now. Enough of these games. Mm-hmm. Enough of this like woo woo shit. Like, l- l- why the fuck are we here? What's good? So, like, they're all at the table at this point. I think that's just when Will is like cut the shit, essentially, right? Um, or does, yeah, yeah. They're like they're wrapping up their dinner, which to me, like, you know, that dinner needed salt. Mm-hmm. Look uh-huh. at it. There it was wasn't dry. an ounce of salt. So yeah, they're like bring. They're I think they're about to cut miguel's birthday cake because mm-hmm. it's it's apparently miguel's birthday and then yeah yeah, will just interrupts and is like what about Choi? where's Choi? like eden i got a voicemail that he was here where is he and he's clearly just mad at everyone for placating these people it's, it's like they're very obviously bribing them and buttering them up with this huge spread of food and wine and cake and he's just annoyed at that everyone is ignoring how weird everything is. Mm-hmm. W- weird everything is. And he just like, I don't know, Eden is just playing it off. She's like, I don't know what we are talking about. Choi was never here. And Will is just screams at her that their son is dead and that she's denying it. And ooh, the he's like calling out that whole toxic positivity culture of the cult. Ooh. Just being like, you can't like, yeah, you can't like hide your emotions and no amount of like hospitality here is going to make me think that what's going on here is normal. So mm-hmm. he's just like letting it all the fuck like out. Like literally everything. And then like the worst thing for him happens Ooh. because Choi shows up uh. and is basically like, Hey, what's up? Oopsie, I was in the, I was in the driveway and, and work called. So I had to leave for a little bit and yeah. it was, I just, the reception was bad. So now literally the whole room is like looking crazy. at him. Yeah. The whole room is just like, uh, nigga. Yeah. Will, 
Will apologizes, and I'm like, this is some wonderful accidental gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> like, the universe just gaslit Will yeah. so hard. So hard. So hard. So uh, hard. So he's got to humble his drawers, and uh, he just had has a meltdown. I wrote in my notes, Will's having a meltdown, but also he's right. You know? Like, mm-hmm. that was a valid meltdown. But anyways, he starts trauma. He starts trauma dumping on Kira because Kira's like, maybe we should leave. Like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I like I don't feel right right now. And he just starts like unloading all of this baggage and shit on her that he honestly needed to work out before he got in a new relationship. I know it's been some time, but like, you should have been talking to someone because this is gonna happen inevitably. You know, like. Yeah, he says he's been wanting to die since his son died. And I feel like Kira is shook. She's like, I'm dating someone who wants to be dead. Like, that's fucked up. Like, I understand where he's coming from. But at the same time, like, you're you're in love with her. Like, you need to to let the walls down because Kira's putting up with a lot of shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And as a black woman, like, that's also where this layer comes into because we have to, like, especially you see this trope a lot in horror movies and, like, in movies in general, but women, like, black women always playing a supporting role and never, like, the role that's supported mm-hmm. and always having to, like, do all of the work and get very little credit for the work that's done, whether it's emotional work, physical work, just to always, yeah, I said I said it, be the supportive role and never the supported. And this is a lot to fucking support. And then you're in front of all these people you really don't know them like that. It's a lot to endure for one person. So it's like, yes, will we get what you're going through? Poor you, but also poor her too. Like, Yeah, for real, for real. Yeah, she says to him that moving forward is not a betrayal. Yeah. Like you can, you're allowed, you're allowed to like, to live your you're life. You're allowed to grieve about your son, but, but you can't, you can't be stuck being, feeling guilty your whole life when there's literally nothing you could have done. So I don't know. Will's in his feelings too. And he's, He's criticizing Eden a lot for running away from her feelings, but he's, I mean, even though I prefer Will as a person to Eden, mm-hmm. he is, he's running, he's running away too. Mm-hmm, hmm And so Will asked to hang out in his son's old room. I guess his son's name is Ty. But yeah, he asked mm-hmm. to hang out in Ty's old room. And uh, they're like, yeah. And he just like lays in the bed and shit. Well, yeah, and he's imagining that the son is still there. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty obvious that he is not moving on. Like, Will is stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he sees David outside hanging up a red lantern and then lighting it at the edge of the backyard, like kind of overlooking the hills. And you're like, hmm. What is this about? This this means something. What does this symbolize? What is going on with this lantern? Because, you know, it's the cover of the fucking movie. So you're like, okay, some shit is up. And then we have Will white womaning, because um, usually, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the white woman doing the investigating, playing a fucking murder she wrote. But <laughs> Nancy Drew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will starts snooping because he sees a computer. He opens that bitch, starts typing a little bit in a video of that weird cult leader nigga comes up again. Not Mr. Burns. Mm-hmm. And um, Dr. Joseph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's another woo woo video uh, that's hella weird. He says, Tonight is the night our faith is made real. And you're yeah, like, okay, uh, these, these people are gonna, there's gonna be some suicide pact. I yeah, it's like it sounded real Heaven's Gate ish to me. Yeah, he says he's waiting for them. Mm-hmm. You know that's not good. Mm-hmm. He's not waiting at the airport. 
He's not waiting in Hawaii. He's saying, meet me at the crossroads. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we won't be lonely. Um, No. So, yeah. that So, you know, Will sees that, closes the computer, goes down where everyone else is, and they're getting ready for a toast. How convenient. Perfect timing. And at this point, Will is sus as fuck. Because he is like, I just saw what I saw. And now we trying to toast to what, bitch? Because none of this night has been good. There is nothing to celebrate at this point. Well, and the way David, like, David kisses Eden really passionately and then cradles her face. And you, like, you know that they're about to do something that is is gonna, you know, uh, some shit's about to go down. Yeah. and and Will Will senses that. Yeah, mm. and he's like, "What?" And Gina's little fast ass is already like, "All right, good uh, let's go party!" And she takes a she's the Janice Dickinson. Of this <laughs> she takes a like a big old <laughs> sippy sip, and Will's like, "No, don't drink!" And he slaps the drinks out of everyone's hand, and everyone is like, "Nigga, what the fuck?" Again, another mm. freak out, and uh, the hippie bitch is like, "You ruined it." And she comes out yeah, of nowhere, yeah, and starts attacking him and slapping him and like a little fucking what are those like flying monkey things like just fucking on his ass? And, oh yeah, like a baboon. Yeah, well, just, not a, that's not a flight. Yeah. But the little ones, and um, he pushes yeah. her <laughs> off and cracks her dome, like just like Pruitt did with his wife. He pushed that mm-hmm. bitch a little yeah. too hard, hard enough. Like, Ooh, that's a parallel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And her and she's on the ground. She's down, and everyone, everyone thinks that like. Because they're like, oh my god, is she okay? And they look over. They're not talking about the hippie bitch. They're talking about Gina. Because Gina is face down on the table, foaming at the mouth. And Dead. Bye. Will was right. And that's when David is like, okay, this has gotten out of hand. And this is like where all everything just starts crumbling down. Because then David is like, holy shit. Like, my dinner party's yeah. ruined. Mm-hmm. Miguel is on the floor trying to revive sadie because i think you know he's a doctor and he's just trying to do the right thing but like david's david like, it's is, already gone to shit david shoots his ass yeah david's <laughs> like fuck it you guys ruined my party i'm popping shots and then pruitt's like give me the gun like and you think pruitt's like gonna be the one to kind of end it and you're like no this nigga yeah. looks evil and of course this this, this nigga doesn't just look evil he is because then he starts shooting people he is very comfortable yeah. in this house shooting people yeah, so now he shoots Choi, yep. so Miguel, Choi, and Gina are all dead. Dead. And, and the hippie bitch slices Miguel. She likes... No, Tommy. Yeah, that's who I meant. Tommy. Tom- yeah. <laughs> she cuts Tommy. And uh, I said Miguel's partner. That's what I meant. And then um, oh, it is so much negativity and chaos at this point. Like, <laughs> pure violence and mayhem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sadie is acting like a fucking hyena. She like bites Will on the neck. I feel oh, they see they see David and Pruitt like stab and shoot Ben. <laughs> like so at the, everybody's dead except Will, Kira, and Tommy and the cult people. Yeah. Um, I wrote Attack of the Saltines <laughs> because these white people have just gone crazy. It is white on white violence. God. <laughs> it's terrible. Um Yeah. Eden isn't shocked, though. You could tell that Eden does not, didn't expect this. Will and Kira overhear Eden telling David that they were just supposed to go to sleep. So, like, this is the first part of the movie, like, where I slightly feel bad for Eden because she was clearly manipulated in a huge moment of grief. But, like, did you really think that murdering people was going to get you into heaven, no matter how you did it? Like, I feel for her, but at the same time, like, 
You got duped and you're crazy. Yeah. Um, you got duped. <laughs> so, oh God, there's just like so much going on. Um, so like, yeah, Will and Kira. They, they hear them plotting and they come across Sadie bleeding out on the couch. That's what happened. Because I was like, there's someone that's bleeding out, but I couldn't remember who it was. It was Sadie. Yeah. And I was happy because I thought like they went over to her and they looked very cautious. And I thought that they were going to like help her. But they did it. They, they just, just took stole her, her weapon. Poker. Yeah, they just took her weapon. Yeah, they just stole her weapon and yeah. they went back upstairs. So I was like, good for you. Fuck her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let her go to the big old trailer park in the sky. So then Will takes Kira up to a room where there's supposed to be a garage door, but they get up there and the house has been renovated and the, the wall or the door has been walled over. And the room they're in is like more of a... It's like a movie theater, it looks like, that they're in at this point. It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks like a little like theater room with like, I don't know, soundproofing on there. And then they... Pruitt's ass starts approaching the room with a gun. I'm sure, like, that. this guy is huge. I'm sure that the whole house was shaken as he was walking up to them. Massive. But, yeah, Will ambushes him a little bit, gets the gun out of his hands. Pruitt just hits him and hits Kira. Mm-hmm. He's... But he's like, he's like a big lummox. Like, he's like really violent, but also trying to be gentle. And he's like telling them to not be afraid and that they're going to a better place or whatever the fuck he says. Some more woo-woo nonsense. But then as he's saying all that, he's trying to choke Will to death. And Kira just takes a bust or a statue and just beats not, this not motherfucker's brains in. Yeah, and she yeah, doesn't like, stop until he's like doesn't move, which I love. Well, no. Because she beats him with it a couple of times and then stops and he looks up at her and you could see that that rage that he was describing in himself that he said he got rid of, it came right back. Yeah. And he looked like he was about to go ape shit, and she was like, I'm not giving you the chance. Yeah. And she like hit him so hard that he died. I was like, thank you, Kira. Love her. Doing God, the he work. was annoying. Once again, doing the work. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Eden ends up with a gun because... You know, after that little melee, it, like, slides over to her. Yeah, and then she points it at Will and Kira, and she shoots Will in the shoulder, and then... She immediately, like, feels bad. Because <laughs> I think she would... Yeah. Well, obviously she wanted to hit Kira, but she hit Will, and she felt like shit. Mm-hmm. And then she, it's just, like, all going to hell, and she has this, like, dramatic white woman moment, and she shoots herself in, in the, the stomach. stomach. Thank God. Um, I know. I was like, did she shoot herself in the stomach? Like, was that symbolic? Because of the baby womb. Yeah. Yeah, because it's her womb. And like, maybe she feels like a failure as a mother because her son died, just like Will kind of feels like a failure as a dad. Like survivor's remorse. Yeah. Yeah. It's like these poor people, but Eden, it's it's your time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's her time to go. (laughs) I was ready. And then it's like David versus the uh, versus Tommy. Mm hmm. David's going up the stairs, I think, with a knife. And mm-hmm. Tommy just tackles him off the stairs and stabs him right in the fucking heart. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh. Yeah. White game Thank God. Yeah. It is. yeah, because that shit was so... Like, those... It was only, like, seven minutes, maybe, this whole fucking battle between everybody. But it was intense. Like, people just started dying so quickly. And your heart just keeps going because the movie was such a slow burn before that that this came very quickly. It was intense. Yeah. Like, Eden's still alive-ish too like is what my note says because she like shot herself (laughs) in the stomach but she didn't like die right away no will is comforting her he's like holding her hand as she dies and she said they she says that they miss their she misses their son so much and that she just 
wanted to believe and I she know. like apologizes. But... My notes say now she wanna miss yeah. the sun. <laughs> exactly. I know. It's like oh. Y'all finna link up. After the bullets <laughs> after the bullets gone through her body, she's like, Okay, now I now I get what everyone was saying about actually feeling my emotions. Yeah, she's like, now I'm finna grieve because I'm about to see this nigga now. Like I guess I can miss him. Um Okay, so this is where the coyote thing makes sense because I was like, is Eden's death like a symbolic of a mercy killing that he had to do in the beginning, like with that coyote? Oh, kind. You know what I mean? Like he had to put the coyote mm-hmm. out of his misery and then he kind of just like did it with Eden because she, she like, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, she has to be carried outside. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. She has to go outside. So he kind of like uh, obliged and they all carried Eden outside and it was really like, oh God, of course, we're catering to this white woman on her last breath. So um, she's dying in her beautiful backyard and then like you kind of hear like helicopters and a few sirens mildly in the back and they're all kind of like, you know, getting their grips. What's his face? goes in, uh, Tommy goes in to like, you know, get Miguel together. Yeah. That hit though. Yeah. I was like, damn. That's like, I, like that was that was like what you were saying earlier. It's like it's really nice to see a diverse cast, but when you see a diverse cast in a horror movie, you're like, oh, I'm gonna have to watch most of them die. Die. Though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ugh. Like it really hit me. I am happy though that Eden didn't get her last words out. Mm-hmm. She was just like, I hope we. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I hope you choke on those last words. Die, and bitch. She did. Yeah. I, I hope you die, bitch. <laughs> and so then um it's kira and will in the back and we get an aerial shot and like the whole city it has those red lanterns glowing and you just hear like screams and dogs barking and it's fucking chaos in the city and i guess it's just like this like everybody in the hills was in the cult yeah there's so many lanterns out there and you just it's like you hear it's like a collage what do you call an oral collage mm-hmm. a whatever a lot of fucking sounds mm-hmm. <laughs> you just hear like sirens you hear a couple of screams all the fucking helicopter blades you hear a couple more gunshots so you know like people is this, dying this currently shit went wrong. Yeah. yeah this shit went wrong at other places too and they got to off them with guns now instead of cyanide because it's i think it's hitting kira and will like oh shit we got to get out of here still like mm-hmm. so we have to like not only get out of this house but we have to get out of the hills now and like yeah because we're in like crazy rich white peopleville and even though will used to live in this house he said earlier that this was eden's family's money it was never his money uh-huh. so like they, they are like maybe they're both like maybe out of their element is what they're saying and now they have to like they're fucked descend this hill with all these fucking crazy crackers trying to kill everybody around yeah, them d- drive fast <laughs> mm-hmm. you gotta hit them all with your car just treat like mario kart i don't know no yeah but I like that the film is, I feel like the film is saying that toxic positivity is a disease of, like, the white, rich, privileged. Like, mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. combination of those things. People mm-hmm. who, like, have so much privilege and access that, like, they feel like they can escape their problems. And it's up to them to, like, bestow this knowledge onto all the idiots like us who can't get there ourselves. But it's really, like, you're just avoidant and annoying and pushy. And pretentious. And yeah, you don't actually know anything. Like you're you're running away from everything and you just have to like come up with excuses to blame everybody else. Like fuck off. Right. Like you don't really believe in any of the, anything. Like you don't have like a real spiritual identity. You just like have hijacked something cuz it makes you feel cool and you get cool accessories. Mhm. It's annoying. And can you stop with all this like 
stop stealing sage because you are the bad vibes. <laughs> I know. Like you're ba- you're burning sage and Palo Santo and all this other shit. It's like that you are the demon. Like <laughs> exactly. You need so, to sage yourself. Yeah. So shout out to death cults because they get a lot of these motherfuckers out of here, and I kind of support it. I might start one of my own. Shit, I'm not dying. Yeah, they just though. bail on them. At the <laughs> yeah, minute. yeah. Like I'm not you dying. Let them go through it. Like yeah, I'm yeah. gonna guide you yeah. into the, the new place. And then I'm I'll a, meet you there later. Yeah, and then I'm <laughs> a I'm a usher in the next group. Like I'll just go on a little tour. You took all their money. You took their jewelry, their cell phones, and mm-hmm. you take those dumbass robes and bring it to the next town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Start robbing these niggas. Fuck it. <laughs> Rob them of their jewels no. and their lives. I love it. Um. No, you, you know that these people are probably unvaccinated, too. So might, we're doing everybody a favor. Yeah, they're taking, like, Edelberry and, and fucking kale to, <laughs> to get yeah. rid of the the COVID. Um, but, yeah, no, this movie was good. I th- I love movies that kind of touch on stuff like this because I love cults. Um, mm-hmm. And it's I think there's... Very fascinating. Yeah, there's so many types of cults. There's so much way, so many ways to manipulate people's minds and, like get them to escape from their problems and like uh not take accountability for like i said their emotions and just avoid and just avoiding of all that and just feeling it's okay to feel things people like i know that Mm -hmm. it's it sounds cool to like ignore your feelings and be stoic and cold but it's also really cool just to like know who you are and be comfortable with that (laughs) and like accept the things as Mm -hmm. they come and like know that you can't win every battle but also like Taking an L is not, like, a loss. It's a lesson. And, like, it's okay to, like, take those lessons and humble yourself through them and be, like, self-aware and shit. That shit is super dope because it makes us better evolved people and communications easier. But also, like, not to, like, I don't know, don't be holier than thou because you are self-aware. Like, you can know shit about yourself, but don't be preachy. Don't be trying to tell people what to do with themselves. And just because you figured it out for yourself doesn't mean that, like, the same can apply for everyone else. And it doesn't make you fucking Jesus. Exactly. If you found your way to this cult and this is what you want to do. Sure. I mean, I guess it's not <laughs> manipulated, but at least it's on you. Don't yeah. spread it to other people. Yeah. Like, keep your beliefs to yourself. And if you way. find like, community stop. and stuff, like you uh. can, you can have community, but also don't be trying to like, I don't know, take advantage of that. And, and other people with that, you know, it's gross. Fuck all y'all. Yeah. Usually the leaders of these things are, they have ulterior motives and they're sociopaths who have found a way into one person's mind that gave them enough confidence to think that they could do it again. And then they kept doing it until they had enough people to constitute a cult. Jared, Jared Leto, who happens to be uh, a leader of a cult, surprisingly, look it up. I don't want to talk about it. Cause is he? Ew. yeah, look it up, but it's something they all have like smiley face tattoos. He bought like, an island and he brought all these people to this island and made them pay a bunch of money and i guess his little band they play like music and stuff and he like said it on twitter like guys just look it up i don't really want to get it i don't want to give this i really i hate jared leto i can't stand him jared let ill ill i hate ill let (laughs) ill let ill i hate him so much he's so annoying he was not a good joker no he was i can't believe that he sent a, a like a dead rat to viola davis and he still breathes Right. And he was in the movie for all of like 20 minutes, maybe, if that. He did all that for nothing. We can't. 
we just can't be having people play the Joker anymore. No, it's like, no done. offense to Heath Ledger because it's, it's a done. different, he, a, a different thing. Yeah, he was the last Joker we needed. I'm sorry, that's it. That role, that's done. That role just seems to fuck people up. And if you're gonna cast a Joker, don't cast a method actor Mm-mm. because they're just gonna take Ruin it way it. too far. They, they get they just get off on that stop. shit. Like they get excited. Yeah, Jared Leto just needs to go away forever. Yeah, there's more things about Jared Leto. Uh, don't, it, well, dude, look up Jared Leto and Me Too, and you'll find some stuff there as well. I mean, we could do a whole hor- horror episode about Jared Leto. <laughs> like, terrifying yeah. stuff, I'll tell you. How ma- how many mats do you think are behind, <laughs> like, in the nape of his neck? How many? <laughs> Involuntary dreads, like... <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah, I feel like his hair must repel combs. God, he's disgusting. And on that note, another unfortunate soul. I don't feel bad. Yeah, I don't either. I never will. I very, very, very seldomly uh, sympathize or have empathy for straight white men. So No, not ones like him, especially. Mm -mm, Mm-mm, mm-mm. Jared let no. There's another bad Jared Leto pun. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for another pun from you. I loved it. Um, yeah, so that was the invitation. You guys should check it out if you haven't already. It's a great movie. Um, shout out to my ex who looks like the lead. <laughs> shout out to Karen Kusama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What a hottie. The smoke show. Oh, no, that's... Oh, yeah, I'm talking... You meant the director. I'm talking about... I meant the director. Yeah. Either, but Karen Kusama is great, too. Um, I actually don't even remember what she looks like. She's pretty. Yeah. She just, um, there are not many women of color that get to direct films. And there are for sure as not, or not many women of color in horror. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, we, this movie has a final black woman and a final gay man. That's great. Like that never happens either. Never happens. Killing two birds with one stone. Love to see it. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't have anything else to like, to say uh, but yeah talk to us y'all hit us up ask us yeah some ask shit. us some questions mm-hmm. yeah whatever mm-hmm. about about movies about weed about being gay don't yeah don't begin don't begin <laughs> don't begin mad personal because you don't need to know all my damn business but i'll talk to you about <laughs> um movies and weed and my favorite snacks and shit so that's what's up yeah that, that sounds good mm-hmm I could, I could tell you where to find a good bagel. Yeah, I could tell you my favorite Wu-Tang verse. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what we could talk about. But, mm. um, yeah, so is that is that it for the week? I think that's it. So, yeah, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Queer Horror High. Stay scared and stay high. Yay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Queer Horror High. Damn, that shit's good.